Bring this one to the Archivum. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Live from Oldwar, a World of Warcraft community roleplay podcast hosted by myself. My name is Kitch Goldwatt, and happy Pride, everyone! The day that I am recording this, it is Saturday, June 5th. Pride Month is in full swing. The rainbow flags are out en masse. And I hope that, you know, you and all of your friends, if you're vaccinated, uh, you guys can get together and, and celebrate Pride as it was intended, as a big, happy family. But of course, if you're still waiting to get your COVID-19 vaccination, or if you still have looming concerns about the COVID-19 pandemic, I hope that you can get together with your friends on World of Warcraft and, you know, skip the sick scare and do some WoW RP. That way you can, you know, get your, your pride fix with all your friends and, you know, just stay safe and stay sane. And there's so much stuff happening in the World of Warcraft RP community for Pride. Uh, just looking at a, at my Twitter feed today, the amount of artists who are opening uh, original character Pride commissions and the amount of fun pop-up events that are happening, it's going to be a great month. So I'm going to try and give you all of the details at the end of this episode as far as the events that I was able to find, the information, where to go, what's going on. But before we get into that, let me just talk about what our episode is going to be today. As I said in the first issue, this is kind of a freeform podcast. Uh, we're not going to be, you know, sticking to a strict uh, podcast structure. And today uh, varies just a little differently from the other podcast, the first episode, and I I'm very excited for it. Uh, today I'm going to be giving you guys a review, the first event review of our season, of an event that I've been going to on Kitsch um, on as many recurring Wednesdays as I can make it to, the nights that I'm not closing at my job. Uh, and that is, of course, the Cozy Corner Bookstore, maintained and run by Luann Jenkins, a, a worgen who has the utmost passion for literature and for getting people's writing out onto a readable platform. I'm very excited to talk to you about it. And then after that, I'm going to be telling you guys my World of Warcraft pride story, as it is. Uh, I'd like to tell you guys a little bit about, you know, my coming out, um, the trials, tribulations, and most importantly, uh, how World of Warcraft and the welcoming community for RP within uh, really helped me come to terms with my sexuality and come out on my own terms and feel like I had a safe space online when there really wasn't one for me in real life. So I hope you guys find that story to be somewhat engaging. Maybe you can relate, maybe not. That's totally okay, but you know, I'll just kind of share my side of the of the of the story. And then of course today we have the cream of the crop of the episode. We have a longtime friend of the WoW RP community and a writer for Polygon magazine, Cass Marshall, coming onto the show today to talk about how they have been Finding inspiration for roleplay where the current expansion is failing to engage them. This current expansion, Shadowlands, there's a lot of issues with, you know, would my character logically want to go to the Shadowlands? Would they go through the Veil, explore Ouroboros and all of the different covenants? Uh, for some people, it just seems way too unlikely. Their character are kind of a, you know, keep your feet on the ground individual. Uh, and they have, indeed, been keeping their feet on the ground in Azeroth. So Cass is going to talk about all the different ways that you yourself can find inspiration and keep up with the story in a way that doesn't have you leaping into the Shadowlands and, uh, you know, turning your nose up at the Jailer as you collect souls in the Maw. Because not everyone is, is cut out for that. <laughs> I know Kitsch is not especially. So I'm super excited for that interview. And then after the interview, we are going to be closing out our show, of course, with the weekly roleplay spot. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm super excited about it. And then after that, I'm going to, as I mentioned, be giving you guys your month at a glance and giving you some of the events that are coming up, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I hope you enjoy the episode. It's going to be a good one. And to kick it off, of course, let's start talking about the Cozy Corner Bookstore. Uh, what is the Cozy Corner? What, what, what happens within? Um, of course, it is a bookstore, but more than that, it is a kind of a nexus for writers in the WoW community to submit their works and have them read by other people and distributed, distributed rather, uh, by Luann at the bookstore. 
So kind of how it works is Luann has compiled a manifest of, of different literature works, some of which are royalty-free, some of which are just written by people who are in the WoW community, whether from an in-character perspective or from an out-of-character perspective. And she makes TRP3 extended books out of these, uh, these pieces, uh, many of which are a little too big to be downloaded, in which case Luann provides a Google Docs link for people to still engage with the book. But it's simply a great way to get your writing out there. I know that I myself submitted um, a piece that I wrote called The Final Aria of Henrietta Meadowlark, uh, something that was written from the perspective of one of my old OCs, um, kind of a noir theater uh, drama, murder mystery kind of a story, and it was super exciting to see it appear on the bookstore's repertoire, um, and just really interesting. You know, I've, uh, or I should say Kitsch, has purchased uh, a book that he's been keeping up with. Uh, it is kind of about a machine that comes to a planet and just starts ripping it apart, kind of a apocalyptic slash post-apocalyptic memoir, uh, and Kitsch finds that fascinating because uh, he loves destructive machinery. So the nature of, of this absolutely cataclysmic machination uh, is just something that he wants to keep up with, even if it is fiction. So every week he checks in with Luann, and the first thing he asks is if, you know, the next uh, chapter of that book has been released, and he'll purchase it, sit in the corner of Cozy Corner Bookstore, and, and start reading. And he just really finds a lot of peace in that, and I think that you guys could too. Right now, Cozy Corner is kind of a smaller event, uh, of course, you know, the purpose of this podcast and of event reviews is to boost these smaller events. But right now, if you catch Cozy Corner, they are a recurring event that happens every Wednesday, Moonguard. Um, and it happens in Legion Dalaran in Cadgar's study. If you don't know where Cadgar's study is, you can get to it by walking into the big purple tower building in the middle, smack middle of Dalaran, Legion Dalaran, and stepping onto the teleportation pad, and it takes you to kind of an underground chamber. Uh, and if you've done the Legion storyline, of course, this is where all of the artifact weapons, or excuse me, all of the artifacts are kept. Uh, you know, the Tear of Elune, the Aegis, and all of those. Um, but just beside this chamber, there is a, a little room that kind of looks like a mini library, and that is where Cozy Corner is hosted. Luann sets it up every week. They have, you know, guest vendors. They've had, I believe it's Rosebrook Bakery? Uh, if I'm not uh, remembering that wrong, they have a bakery come in. Uh, sometimes and sell sweets and treats, and then they have a resident tea brewer who comes in and he will provide some, you know, peaceful drinks for uh, people to partake in. Unfortunately, uh, Kitsch cannot partake. Of course, he cannot eat. He is a robot. Uh, but I guarantee that if your character can partake in food, they will just be absolutely blown away by the different flavors and all the fun stuff that they've got sold there. I believe every event starts at around 6 p.m. server time, uh, 6 to 7 p.m. server time is usually when it starts. It ends at 9 p.m. server time. I know that part for sure. It's a two-hour event, um, three hours sometimes. It kind of depends on how the bookstore is doing. Again, it's a smaller event, so sometimes, you know, they just don't have that great of a turnout and they close the bookstore early. But my goal is to, is to get this event out there. I love it so much, and it's become something that, you know, when possible, I go to on a weekly basis. Um, and even when there isn't a new chapter of that book out for me to read, even when I can't purchase a new work from Luann's repertoire, I will just bring Kitsch there to do crossword puzzles, and I'll have him, I'll have him meet new people in the intellectual community. And also, from an out-of-character perspective, it's a great place for me to tab out and work on things uh, while still having my character contribute to an event, because, you know, it's not exactly something that you have to, you know, emote how your character is re reacting to every page of, you know, the book they're reading. You, you can if you want, but for Kitsch, he kind of just sits there and usually I start working on stuff while I'm tabbed out. I'll tab back in, talk to people, chat around a little bit, and kind of switch back and forth. It's a great place to do that, and it's just cozy. It's cozy and cute and so well curated, is what I would say. Uh, their uh, composite of books is, is ever-growing. It is always expanding, and if you join their Discord, you can actually submit works that you would like to see at the bookstore, whether that be a royalty-free book that you found online, or if it's a uh, piece that you've written yourself. I know that I submitted one, it was super easy, and within the next week, I saw my work inside of the bookstore. And I think you guys will have a great time. So that is the Cozy Corner Bookstore, again, maintained by the wonderful friend of our World of Warcraft community, Luann Jenkins. I hope that you give their event a chance. I will post their Discord in the episode description today. 
And uh, I hope to see you there next time. Hopefully, you know, Kitch and your character can have a chat, uh, get to talking about crossword puzzles and, uh, you know, the, the book that he's reading. We'll have a great time. So that is Cozy Corner Bookstore. And now on to a part of the episode that I wasn't actually planning ahead of time. This was kind of a last minute thing. I figured it's Pride Month. I feel like this episode should uh, have something that is Pride related, aside from just talking about all of the great events that are happening that are, you know, Pride related. So, of course, I want to talk to you guys about my coming out story. Uh, and more than that, as I said, how the World of Warcraft roleplay community provided me with a digital safe space where I could come out to people at my own speed, feel accepted and seen and valid. And I will start by telling you a story, telling you a little story. Uh, let me let me rewind. Let me let me uh, set the setting a little bit. Uh, as I mentioned in episode one, I used to be the guildmaster of a guild called the Isle of Wintervane. I'm still the guildmaster, but we're kind of in stasis right now, discussing coming back for another campaign. But when we were active, I was recruiting in Stormwind. I had our out of character backslash yell advertisement. I posted it once every 30, 45 minutes so I wouldn't, you know, annoy people. And it basically just included, you know, what Isle of Wintervane is about, the fact that it is a kingdom roleplay guild, it's, uh, you know, open to all races, it's kind of Kaldore-centric, but we're, you know, open to everyone, we have uh, expansive lore, we have in-character maps and, you know, documents, and it's really quite immersive. But at the end of that, I was always sure to say that we were an LGBTQ plus friendly guild because I personally believe that it's important to let people know that your guild is a safe space. And what was quite funny is that I got a whisper from someone basically accused me of being uh, a virtue signaler, which, you know, is a common criticism amongst people who use the LGBTQ plus friendly tag in their TRP3, in their advertisements. And I was pretty dumbfounded. It was my first interaction with someone in the WoW community who just didn't you know, receive that tag well, someone who took it the wrong way, and I tried to, you know, I tried to explain to them that, you know, I find it important to put it in my advertisement because it's better to know from the get-go that the guild you are joining is uh, open to your identity, is accepting of your identity, and that we don't tolerate homophobia. I think that, you know, being LGBTQ friendly is more than just being accepting, but also being intolerant of intolerance, which is very important. I don't think that you can maintain a safe space without it. And this person eventually, you know, blew up on me, blocked me, ignored me, all that stuff. Um, and I was just left there kind of dumbfounded. I didn't really know what to say. And in that moment, it really threw me back. Like, I, I felt like I had a physical body-shaking flashback to my high school years um, when I came out, I did a little uh, Google search before this. Uh, it turns out that nowadays, you know, most people tend to come out between the ages of 16 and 21, uh, which I think is pretty accurate. I came out when I was 17. Uh, it was kind of the end of my sophomore year going into, or excuse me, it was kind of the end of my junior year going into my senior year of high school. Whenever I hear people talking about how their coming out experience was, you know, super clean, you know, people were just super accepting of them, no drama. I really, I really do have to envy them because uh, it was quite not that way for myself. Um, I was attempting to come out to a single person and in a very unfortunate uh, mishandling of information, my coming out went from one person to countless people within my theater department. Now, when it comes to those individuals, uh, in hindsight, I really had no reason to be worried that they would not be accepting of me. You know, thespian folk tend to be quite open to all identities. Uh, but of course, you know, it's, it's hard to criticize myself for being anxious because I think everyone who has yet to come out and is still in the closet, it's, you know, they're in the closet not because they want to be, it's, it's because they're anxious. Um, so the whole ordeal was a mess. Um, and eventually I had to face the predicament of do I let my parents figure out through the passing of information, secondhand information, or do I tell them right now, which was much earlier than I had intended? Uh, and I eventually decided that the last thing that I wanted was for my parents to talk to me about it. So I wanted to, you know, pose this coming out in a way that, you know, I wanted to, the way that I had planned it in my head for months on end. And that, too, did not go according to plan. Uh, I thought my parents would be much more accepting. Um, they've changed, you know, since then, and, you know, presently, they're much more accepting people of, you know, my sexuality. But at the time, ooh, it was, it was, a, it was a mess. And 
I thought that they would be more accepting, but they were not. And it went from me telling them, you know, about my sexuality, and then the conversation just absolutely whiplashed in the direction of conversion therapy, um, demonizing the LGBTQ plus community, and of course, insisting that this was a phase, a phase um, incited by me being in theater, which today I think is the most ridiculous accusation. But it was, it was terrible, and I didn't really feel like I had a safe space anywhere. Even within my own home, I felt like I couldn't be myself, and it was a mess. But there was a safe space for me on World of Warcraft. Uh, when I was in my, you know, junior year of high school, I was, you know, running Isle of Wintervane. I was the guildmaster, and at the time, you know, my members didn't really know a whole lot about me. I kind of kept my real-life personality, my real-life details to myself, um... What was nice is that I was able to sit back um, and I was able to come out to these people who are still friends with me today at a speed that I truly felt comfortable, uh, comfortable with. And truly, in that regard, I was given the opportunity to have that coming out experience that I always envied, where I, I, I came out to these people and there was no, you know, controversy. There was no huge explosion. Um, in fact, it was a celebration. It was, you know, hey, we're so glad that you trust us enough to, you know, share a part of your identity like that, and we accept you. And that was the first time, the first time in my coming out experience that I heard someone say to me, you know, we're accepting of your identity, we want you to be yourself. And I still get pretty emotional thinking about it, uh, because in so many ways, the World of Warcraft RP community is a beacon of solitude and a beacon of hope for so many people who in their real life just don't have the, you know, foundation that they need. And I truly don't believe that I would have gotten through my coming out experience if I wasn't in a roleplay guild and if I didn't have, you know, all of these amazing people and artists and writers and friends who were so accepting of who I was. And of course, you know, those people know who they are. They're still, you know, in our guild discord and I would like to extend the, you know, most sincere thank you for, for getting me through that dark period of time. And to anyone who's listening in today, if you're still in the closet or if you're still waiting to talk about your sexuality or your identity, I truly wish you the best. And I want you to know that the likelihood of you being embraced by the people in this roleplay community has grown exponentially. Um, there are so many spaces that are friendly to non-binary individuals, uh, genderqueer individuals, uh, transgender individuals, and any variation of the LGBTQ plus community. There are so many people out there who want to embrace you for your identity. And if you're not in that space right now, I sincerely hope that you find that space. And I guarantee that you will. Um, you will, and I want to promise you that right now. And in the present day, you know, it simply is amazing to sit here uh, looking back at my coming out experience to, you know, not necessarily laugh at how comedically awful it was, but to hold in high regard the WoW community and just how much it showed its good side in those very, you know, critical points in my life. And to anyone who believes that WoW RP is, is simply a hobby, uh, it is a hobby, but, you know, it is also such an anchor for people. And uh, I hope that this podcast and, you know, specifically that story, other people's stories who come on, I hope that, that we can get that across to you. So that is my World of Warcraft uh, pride story, I guess you could say, and uh, I'd like to thank you for listening and not skipping ahead, I guess, <laughs> um, because uh, it's a story that I feel very passionate about telling, and with Pride Month finally here, um, and us coming out of the woods, uh, you know, of the pandemic, I feel like it's important to talk about. Moving past my coming out retrospect, we are going to move into uh, a very exciting portion of this episode where I bring on a longtime friend of the RP community, Cass Marshall. As I mentioned, we are going to be talking about all of the ways that you can find inspiration in the roleplay community that maybe deviate or at least aren't centralized within the current expansion. So give me a few moments, I will tether a transmission with them, and we'll get them on the show. Incoming Transmission Optimizing Audio Optimization Complete Welcome And we're back with Cass Marshall. Give us a hello, Cass. Hey there, uh, my name is Cass Marshall. I'm a writer with Polygon. 
I've been on the World of Warcraft beat for a couple years now. Um, I'm also a very long time World of Warcraft player, starting back in vanilla, playing um, on and off until, I mean, still to this day. Yeah. And uh, as I just told you uh, before we started recording, we both kind of came back into the game at around Legion. Um, I think for different reasons. Did you kind of come back to Legion for like roleplay or was it for more like uh, gameplay? For me, it was kind of just wow is an itch that no other game can really scratch. I play other MMOs. I really enjoy other MMOs. Um, City of Heroes, The Secret World, Warhammer Online, Star Wars, The Old Republic. But for me, Star or uh, for me, World of Warcraft is this really great balance between the modern sort of conveniences as an MMO and the absolutely out there fantasy lore, which at this point has just piled and is so ridiculous it passes all the way over to being just really charming and funny <laughs> to me. I love the alternate timelines. I love the mirror universes. I love alternate dimensions and death realms and um i even kind of love evil sylvanas's multi-year game of seven dimension chess <laughs> i'm right. here for it you're here for it absolutely um and it's it's been kind of an interesting expansion uh because you know expectations keep getting lifted and then you know kind of met and some thrown away and for our peers it's been I mean, hectic to say the least. It's been kind of crazy. Um, so I guess it's like, how have you been like coping with with this expansion? Because I know you know not everyone is you know gonna be running into the maw and you know stealing souls from you know rock prisons and stuff like that. So kind of tell us about like what you're doing right now. Sure. So I don't actively engage with other players too much, but I have a whole backstory written out on Wormrust Accord. Uh, my paladin. Quinn has been a paladin since vanilla, and I figure, you know, um, I personally played from vanilla until Wrath of the Lich King, and when Cataclysm came out, I just burned out. You know, nothing wrong with the game, necessarily. I just couldn't do it anymore. I had been playing very seriously for a very long time, so I put the game back on the shelf. And in my mind, my paladin retired. You know, she had been part of the Ice Crown Offensive, and she was, like, dusting her hands off. I am good to go, you know, like, and she started <laughs> right. a farm for a while. I don't think she was very good at it. Uh, I imagine she was not a successful farmer. Um, <laughs> but when Legion came about, that just looked fantastic as an expansion. It had been a few years. The time was right. I had a bunch of free time. And so I was able to jump back into it. And I think Legion was also just a really great story generator yeah. in terms of, the world, you know, the Legion are back. Everyone knows the Legion as an enemy. Everyone kind of can, you know, if you're a Draenei orc or like Night Elf, you immediately have a hook there. Uh, and if you're not, I mean, you're there to sort of defend the world. That's a very uh, noble mission that very few people would object to, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I know that I jumped back into Legion and that was when I joined my first roleplay guild. And, uh, as I had, like, mentioned briefly in episode one, it was, like, my archetypical, like, human male warrior. <laughs> and, like, uh, you know, they kind of got involved in a little bit of, like, the Legion campaigns. Um, so, like, was, was your character at the time, you know, even from just, like, a role-playing kind of by-yourself kind of perspective, were they involved with the Legion campaign? Were they kind of sticking to the home front? I definitely think they were involved. Um, the big problem I have... For me, the big thing would be walking through the class order hall and seeing 10 million High Lords. And every single one of them is like, ah, oh, you are the High Lord of the Silver Hand. And I was like, no, 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 I don't agree with that. Uh, simply, no, not not today. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Legion, you know, had those elements where, you know, your character was, you know, once again, uh, the chosen one uh, trademark. And, you know, a lot of people didn't vibe with that. And similarly, you know, it's kind of the same way with the current expansion, Shadowlands. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of a Maw Walker, but like, what is a Maw Walker? And it's it's kind of a controversy. So I think a lot of people right now are preferring to keep their two feet kind of on the ground in Azeroth. And, you know, that's obviously, you know, why you've come on the show today to talk to us kind of about, you know, finding that inspiration where maybe your character doesn't, you know, go through the veil or maybe they do, but they're just not serving as big of a purpose as, you know, leaping into Maldraxxus and killing, you know, fungus golems and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I think a big part of it is with uh, Legion, you know, it was a super accessible premise. The world is about to be eaten by demons and like, it doesn't really matter who you are, right? Like you're going to be there. 
Um, with Shadowlands, the plot is a lot more abstract, and we're also coming off ba- Battle for Azeroth, which I don't think I have to tell anyone sort of how controversial the War of the Thorns, the burden of Hildrassel was, yeah. sort of kicking off that conflict war. So I think a lot of people came into Shadowlands feeling a little unmoored, a little unsure of themselves as to, you know, who their character is and what their character is doing there. And Shadowlands is a, I call it high concept, right? Like, as an elevator pitch, an expansion like Legion or Wrath is like, you are going to this place because you gotta. With Shadowlands, it's the machine of death is broken, so you have to go check out these afterlives. And these are actually only the few main afterlives. You're essentially checking out the machinery of death, which is, you know, a multifactional uh, recycling plant slash rehab slash, you know, protection slash uh, courier service with an airport <laughs> connecting them all. And, right. Yeah, and that's sort of the way I look at the Shadowlands. Is we're sort of we're sort of. Have you ever been in the inside of a mall where you're like going in the the middle of the mall and it's all dank hallways and you're just. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I see where we're going in the Shadowlands. Um, you know they can't depict infinite Shadowlands, so we're getting this very limited look at like the main parts, and that's tough to get into, right? And right. I think for me a big part of it is when it comes to sort of finding your feet. First of all, you don't have to be part of the main storyline. You don't have to be. Like, even if you're part of the main storyline, you don't need to be on the front lines in the most recent patch. You could be in Oribos, just kind of like being a guard. Or you could be on Azeroth. Because I think Azeroth is so big, it is extremely possible for someone to miss Shadowlands. I think as a player, you're like, you would not miss a giant sky-shattering global <laughs> event. And I'm like... I don't know, man. I kind of feel like I could. Right. I lived through 2020. I feel like, you know, global <laughs> crises is happening everywhere, and I'm only aware about half of them. Seems pretty legitimate, and I have the internet, right? So, for me, I think it's like... It, I like Shadowlands perfectly fine as an expansion, just like from gameplay and systems. But for story-wise, I see why it can be intimidating. And I can see why people would be like, oof, I'm not feeling great about sort of being like, I am a canonically Mawalker, Venthyr, or Night Fae, uh, fighting the Jailer and Savannah. I can see why someone would be like, that's a tall order for me. I'm not interested in taking that on. Right. And, you know, World of Warcraft is already, you know, in its own way, high fantasy uh, and kind of all of these ridiculous genres meshed together. Um, But in a way, the high fantasy genre that Shadowlands has put forward, um, maybe it's just the context of it, but it just doesn't feel like it necessarily meshes with the other expansions quite as well from like a story perspective. But I totally agree with you in the fact that like, you know, you can really do whatever you want in Shadowlands. Just because, you know, you're in the Shadowlands doesn't mean that you're a Mawalker. I think that's a great point. Um, So kind of tell us about like, what's your character up to? Are they in Oribos right now? Yeah, I imagine my character is in Oribos and they are not going to the Maw every day. They are, you know... They might be working with the Kyrian in some limited capacity, but they are not the hero of the Kyrian. Um, It's a very limited role. And this is similar to what I did in Wrath of the Lich King. I imagine I was part of the Icecrown Offensive, but you know those NPCs you run past on, like, Floor 3? That was me. I I did not step to Arthas. I was just kind of, you know, battling at mobs down on... I was clearing trash while the real heroes did it. Right. And that, for me, I think is... A really good angle because you're still getting to see the mind warping stuff that WoW has to offer. Like, I know people had a lot of criticisms about Battle for Azeroth, and you know, like, we could talk about that. That could be its own podcast, not just episode, its own podcast. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, for me, something that I really enjoyed was getting able to be like, you know, loyalist versus. Loyalist versus Rebel, because that is a choice that lots of people could make. That's not like the High Lord of the Silver Hand, where it doesn't make sense that everyone is doing it. I enjoy the idea that there were just a bunch of people in the Horde who made one choice, and that's just something that happened. And when you sort of extrapolate that, you know, it, you don't have to have you don't have to wait for Blizzard to give you that choice. You can kind of make it by yourself and be like you know what, my character is still involved with Sylvanas, or still back Sylvanas, or my character is in Oribos just so that they can find one soul 
They just want one soul. That's it. They're here. They're yeah. here for that. When you sort of take the current expansion or the current battle, and you look at it, and you find those tiny little angles, those tiny little nooks you can fit in, I think it really helps sort of grow great stories from there because you don't need to be in the middle. You don't need to be hanging with Jaina and Thrall. Yeah, and I, you know, kind of what you're saying, you can be in the front seat of the expansion, but also, like, be in the back seat from, like, a character perspective. You can keep up with the story, but not, you know, be a ma walker or, you know, be someone who's charging the front lines. Um, And I think that kind of ties into the ways that you can incorporate your character into, you know, what you just said. You know, how Azeroth is a living, breathing world with countless niches and crevices Uh, with entire stories of their own that could warrant an entire podcast. I mean, I I feel like you could make an entire, you know, series about just like Mechagon and just Najatar and all of these zones with so much lore in them. So as far as like the small corners of Azeroth, what are some of the ones that you personally have found the most inspiration in? I love uh, Hearthstone's take on Gadgetan. And I realize that Gadgetan isn't up to par in game, but I think with World of Warcraft, this is a 16-year-old game. I think of zones as basically sets for plays, right? So, you know, I use my imagination a fair amount. Even with, like, brand new, totally up-to-date content, I'm like, you know, Bastion is bigger than this. The Shadowlands is bigger than this. And so Gadget's Enemy is an awesome concept. you got noir detective stuff. You've got, you know, dames coming in for mysteries. You've got intrepid reporters trying to take down cartel bosses like it's this really dense nugget of just really cool fantasy slash noir aesthetics um that i think is fantastic and you could like you could i would read a book that was just like <laughs> a night elf uh dame and gadget sand trying to get a good deal right um i'm also a huge fan of the Plaguelands. i think blizzard have always been a little strange in explaining how the scourge work with the there must always be a lich king um but the, the idea that there's this massive tract of land, huge, um, inter- like, the rehab effort, right? Like, I think the modern equivalent of that would be something like Chernobyl. Yeah, I was just going to say, something where, like, the land is so damaged, where people genuinely do have to band together to figure out how to make it habitable again. Yeah, and, you, and with Chernobyl, right? Like, you can look into things like there are little scouts on bikes with the, with the little radiation meters, and they're just checking out the, they're just seeing what they can see. Um, and there's there's more prepared scavengers going in. So I think if you look at the Plaguelands as sort of just a no-man's zone, and I think that's really ripe for opportunity. You could play, and not just for heroes either, like, you could play a pillager who's like, there is still a ton of stuff that, like, is just valuable and left behind, and I'm gonna yeah. go get it. And even expanding upon that, you know, past, you know, the Plaguelands and Gadgetsan, it is totally valid to look at a questing zone that has not been readdressed. You know, all of these really, you know, small places like, you know, what's happening in Winterspring? <laughs> what's going on in like Fellwood? All of these places that, you know, Blizzard has yet to revisit. I think it's totally fine to, you know, even if it's not technically canon, uh, to go in with a character and a concept and to try and contribute to that zone where, you know, the the storytellers of Blizzard haven't quite addressed it yet. Yeah, and I think just due to limitations, um, they're never going to be able to address Winter's or Fallwood or Hyjal. And that's fine. Like, roll with it. And if someone's like, actually, I don't think that's happening in Hyjal, be like, you know what? Hyjal is presumably big enough that we can both have our Hyjals. They can both exist. Like, when you think about an American state, those, like, just the sheer geographic size and, you know, how someone in Dallas, Texas can have a completely different experience than someone in a smaller town on the edge of the state. Like, who's to say there's one Hyjal experience or one Fellwood status or one Plaguelands status quo yeah absolutely um and because you know zones are so large and because you know it is so simple to be like yeah we can all we can all have our way in the sandbox i think that opens up so many opportunities to find where your character belongs uh i guess me personally i mean mechagon is just where i have found so much inspiration for my main character and like the reveal of mechagon and all of the things that we learn through like the out of game comic uh the end game uh quest lines it, it really just opens up so much stuff and there it's 
crazy to think that even if a zone didn't come out in just like the last five patches, you can still revisit it and find inspiration for what your character is doing right now during, you know, the Shadowlands expansion. Mechagon is such a great example because you have a freshly completed civil war, you know, tons of dystopian sort of <laughs> politics going on in the background and lifestyle choices and like a new ruler and a new alliance with with all these, you know, new races and regular gnomes and I think there's just so much ground there that you know, BFA set set it up and like just take that ball and run with it. I feel like nothing. Who's gonna stop you? Yeah, and I think a lot of the the gnome community that I've run into both in game and on Twitter, they're doing just that. They're they're really saying, you know, we don't think that you know Blizzard's gonna be back here anytime soon, so we're gonna say. Uh, this is what Mechagon is like. And, you know, uh, I've seen some great art of people who were like, oh yeah, my character was, uh, for example, like an opera singer in, in pre-mechanized Mechagon, or my character was a radio show host in Mechagon. Things that might not even be alluded to as like, you know, something in the canon of the quest line. And people are saying, you know what, let's, let's build on, you know, what's maybe already here. And that really is quite the way to do it. Um, and among that, it just goes to show how many cool settings there really are to build a story. Oh, absolutely. Like, we haven't even touched on Gilneas. Oh, or, gosh, yeah. You know, uh, the ruins of Lordaeron that have been blighted out, or Stratholm, or, like, there's so many places. And I think that's really WoW's strength, is WoW is the ultimate fantasy variety pack. Like, I know people who do not like Void Elves, and honestly, more power to them, because Void Elves are, <laughs> they're, they're, they're very, I would say, an out-there concept. Um, but they're also, I think, something that no other faction brought to the table. Like, they are mad scientists Cthulhu Elves, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, that's, that's great. And people will be like, uh, the lore doesn't really make sense, then I'm like, that's fair. But for me, the solution to that, those lore problems is... They are mad scientist Cthulhu elves. They're probably, like, cloning each other, hatching out of eggs and stuff in the void. <laughs> like, and I think when you have that sort of improv-style yes-and, where instead of going, I don't like that premise, you go, that premise can be true, and my way is different because, you know, I'm from a splinter branch. I'm actually a high elf. Um... You know, my interpretation of Void Elves is this, or I'm actually anti-Void Elf and I'm going to roleplay that. I'm going to play like a Lightforged Draenei who has a big frown about the entire situation. Once you stop taking things on their face and being like, I don't like that, and you start either going around them or finding little alternate takes on the things you, even the things you don't like can make great inspiration. Uh, if you don't like Void Elves, I think playing someone who's like, hey, can we check what the Void Elves are up to? Like, can we just, <laughs> can we just send someone into the rift and, like, what's, look what's around? What's going on in there? <laughs> yeah. I think, like, that's a great starting point. And, like, boom, you are now on your own adventure that has nothing to do with Shadowlands or Thrall or Jaina or Anduin or Sylvanas. You're, you're very much in your own world, on your own uh, sort of path. And you can find people who dig your path. Yeah, and it really hinges on, you know, exactly what you said, finding people who, you know, are accepting of building upon the lore and, you know, creating a story that, you know, just kind of diverges. Uh, and I think it's totally, you know, permissible that like, oh, you know, maybe you find a way to tie this back into Shadowlands. Maybe it doesn't tie back into Shadowlands at all. Um, because, as you said, the world is, is vast. It is immense. Maybe you go to the Shadowlands and you don't go to any of the zones that are in game. Your character's in, like, the afterlife for inventors that they've mentioned. Craftium, I think that's called. Oh, or nice. You're just visiting Duratan in Wolf Heaven. You're just, you're just vibing with wolves. Like, who's going to say you can't do that, right? Blizzard's not going to say that. Right, and frankly, anyone who says that you can't, frankly, they don't need, they don't have the authority. What I mean, what what can they say about it? Yeah, who's the who? Like the roleplay police can't come in and be like, actually, uh, <laughs> you check chronicles, you'll see that's probably the like. No, that's that's silly, right? It's yes and it's improv. Yeah, I love the way you describe that yes and because uh, I mean, truly, you have to be willing to to give and take a little. Um, and I guess I should ask too: Have you 
uh, in the process of getting back into, you know, WoW RP, or at least on, you know, Twitter, have you seen any storylines that are happening right now that, you know, are kind of in the way that we've talked about uh, diverging or maybe just exclusively being in Shadowlands? Uh, just something that's really caught your attention. Something I've really enjoyed is I interviewed Steve Denuser for Polygon and I very briefly asked him, hey, uh, blood magic, like the sand lane, does that come from the Benthir? And he was like, yeah. And, you know, very brief exchange. And I think that's that's actually laid out in the zone itself to some degree. So I absolutely love the sand lane lore that people have been setting up, where they're playing blood elves, uh, sand lane, who are going to uh, Revendreth. And for the first time, they are not, you know, cursed vampires. They're like, this is the source of my power. And this is like an yeah. incredible place where, you know my skills are revered and used to re you know rehabilitate souls that's that's there's a lot go you know there's a lot to work with there um i think blood elves and Venthyr in general there's just a lot of um you know that relentless pursuit of power and and blood um being sort of vindicated in a very strong cosmic sense i think is a great inspiration um i've also seen a lot of people who are like really um, into the Kyrian dilemma, right? Where, like, Davos was right. Uh, the Kyrian are wrong. And that's being very slowly addressed within the canon. But I, I know someone who's playing someone in Oribos who's just basically playing what is, like, a political agitator. And just being oh. like, hey guys, can we can we talk about the Kyrian thing? <laughs> um, which is very valid, in my opinion, because the Garion, as far as we know, up until 9.1.1, are just dumping people in the maw. So that's not good. That's not good at all. And I think having a character be like, hey, what the hell? It's a legitimate decision, right? Like, the writers say this is a situation. That doesn't mean the situation is beyond reproach or criticism at all. I think, I think you can have some fun rolling with that. Yeah, and you know, it, it can be scary, I guess, for some people to, at the cusp of like a brand new patch coming out with so much mystery surrounding certain lore things, to try and establish like what their character is doing in the time in between, because there is, you know, the possibility that, oh, maybe something comes out in patch 9.1 that directly contradicts uh, something that you tried to set up in character. Um, but I don't know, I mean, I really don't think that, they're, that that's like an end-all be-all. I really think you can work your way around that. I think there's tons of ways you can work your way around that. First of all, I think is, so Shadowlands is coming out probably over the course of two years, you know, especially with COVID slowing down the dev cycle, which I'm very sympathetic to on their part. Um, yeah. But like, if there is a city of secrets that contradicts your story, I think that's part of the story, right? Like you can be like, my character was following a red herring. And then by yeah. going to this crazy new point, I'm like, oh my God, you know, you know a sandland could be like, oh, I discovered about something blood magic that make me think I don't need the Venthyr. I'm better than the Venthyr. Or, or I can evolve past the Venthyr's limited ways. I don't know if there's Venthyr lore in 9.1. I'm just... <laughs> right, right. But um, there's a fluid reality to World of Warcraft. And I think they tried to emphasize this during Battle for Azeroth um, with like the, the, the raid in Bizarre Lore where uh, the Horde side see Gen Greymane basically being like, you stupid savages, bow to us great humans. And the Alliance again being like, all right, I need you guys to like surrender because I'm super nice. Um, so I think they're really trying to push the idea that like, as players, we get to see everything from a relatively objective point of view, but that's not actually how the world works. Right. We're not actually there at every single event being like, oh, wow, you see that? You see that objective truth? We're probably not at the Siege of Orgrimmar talking with all the faction leaders and then immediately bouncing to go off to another expansion. Like, your character can be ignorant about things, and that can be a really fun way to roll. Or your character can be wrong in their point of view. They can just be objectively wrong, but they don't know they're wrong. Yeah, it's totally okay to... Uh have your character stand from like a rumor perspective um and you know know out of character that you know they're they're completely out of bounds uh, but i think that also makes it more interesting that you know you have a character who's constantly in search of you know the truth that may have eluded them yeah and i think part of it too is with role play i think people tend to think of conflict as very black and white like if you're 
in conflict, you know, one character is the bad guy. And no, not necessarily. Like, I think, I think uh, horde role players are especially good at this because they kind of have to be. You kind of have to be very comfortable with fluid morality and different points of view for playing a forsaken who is not a war criminal. Um, that sort of thing, right? But I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to be wrong because then I'm wrong and people will tell me I'm wrong and I don't want to, I don't want to be a villain. But like, people can be at odds without it being like a war or a fight. People can respect each other and support each other and still not agree. And I think exploring that is way more fun than doing a, you know, oh no, this Sandline is the bad guy who is bad and we need to fight them. You know, I think the real beauty of RP is you're not but in situations where the only solution is to kill the bad guy as a dungeon or raid boss. You can take it anywhere you want. Yeah, and as you said, you know, just because you are disagreeing doesn't make you a villain, which is, I I mean, highlight that, honestly. <laughs> put, put a star next to it. Um, because I think within that, you can find so many ideas for a character that goes against the grain. Or if your current character is having trouble, you know, integrating themselves into the expansion, maybe, as you said, they're a political agitator who, you know, finds Bastion to be, you know, problematic or maybe on the other hand they're like no bastion's just fine <laughs> and you know then you have a situation where uh people become at odds and they have something that drives their story but it's not a, a cataclysmic oh god now i have to have to kill them or like on a flip side i think going like even more fundamental disagreements you can be someone who's like there's no shattered sky over ice crown <laughs> where's the king I think this is just a variant 2.0. I think that they're hiding the cake from us again. To, like, <laughs> black dragons are probably the problem here. And, like, that could be really cool. You could play someone in Stormwind who's, like, an anti-Rathian agitator. There's a black dragon who shows up in Stormwind. Now the king is gone, and they're saying he went into the death realms. The Rathian is a bad guy. I'm a I'm an anti-Rathian agitator in Stormwind. And like everyone has been in Stormwind for a year. Stormwind is like a decade old, uh, post Cata. So like it's there's nothing new there. But you could tell a totally new story that is relevant to recent content without even touching the Shadowlands. Yeah, absolutely. Um and with so many new characters coming into the fold, I think it's uh kind of uh, not, I guess, necessary, but it is kind of imperative that your character, maybe they have an opinion on all of these new characters that are, you know, being posed to us as, you know, the lawful good uh, or the objective good, rather. And as you said, it's it's okay to have a character who's like, I don't like Rathian or, or you know, I don't like the fact that uh, Ver or, uh, <laughs> Anduin left. I don't like him for that. Um, and it, it's totally fine to, to be someone who... Uh, just has strong opinions, to, to say the least. Yeah, and I think people flock to people with strong opinions. Um, I think a lot. Uh, the reason a lot of people can get intimidated with their first RP is because they walk into a bar and they go like, "Hey, I'm a paladin. Um, I'm fighting in the Shadowlands," and like that's you know a great way to start. I don't want to at all you know say like that's a horrible way you're, you're role playing wrong right right but i do think that's hard for other people to grip onto because yes and is okay hi i'm also you know a character <laughs> in this world but if you walk in and you're like you hear about the sky shattering thing <laughs> sounds like a load of bull to me someone could be like hey no i was in ice crown i saw it happen or someone could be like my brother is an oribos how dare you or someone could be like you know what you're right i bet it's all lies you hear that scarlet crusade protester outside saying about the false king and stuff and you know like, that's a conversation starter. Um, and I think it's a, a really good way to sort of feel out your people and people who are interested in engaging with you on your terms. Yeah, and truly it is, you know, getting past that initial barrier of like, oh gosh, I don't know who around me is willing to, you know, go with, I should say, yes and the story that I'm putting forward. But like getting past it and, you know, taking the leap and figuring out like, oh, you know, this person, uh, they might be, they might be interested in, you know, my crazy person who doesn't think the sky is shattered. Uh, it kind of helps you build a group. Uh, and I think that's also important to new role players uh, who are looking for inspiration uh, is to really kind of seek out the group 
as we mentioned earlier, that's willing to go along with them. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, you, you've kind of yet to leap back into the community, but when you do, do you kind of have an idea of where you might be headed? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm seeing my character right now as someone who is sort of leaving behind the traditional structures of her life. She's a night captain in Stormwind, but, like, she took a long break from the military, and now she's, you know, fighting on these fronts that do not feel at all relevant to Stormwind, like Argus and Oribos. Um, she's someone who has been a light worshiper and a paladin for years, and now she's starting to be like, did I pledge myself to one of these terrifying, un- you know, non-understandable cosmic forces? If so, yeah. oh my god. And so she's someone who is questioning a lot. She's someone who is starting fresh in a lot of ways. Um, you know, she's fought against the Horde, she's fought with the Horde, and at that point, those conflicts feel kind of really small and inconsequential. So, I think that's a really interesting spot, because she could double down and be like, you know what, I'm gonna stick with Stormwind, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna think about any of this. I'm, I'm gonna fight orcs, and <laughs> hang out in Stormwind, and I'm not gonna think about this. Or she could be like, I have been thinking entirely wrong about a lot of things. I'm just gonna walk around Azeroth and like talk to people. You know, like I'm gonna go to Mechagon and just hang out with our new allies and see if there's at all any benefit to the robot thing. Because I think that's wild. I think that's at- incredibly evil. But like maybe the light forged arm thing is also evil to them. So. You yeah, know. I mean, even because I, man, I, I do, I do feel that because, you know, when the veil shattered, you know, my character, his story has been like, do I have an afterlife? Like, I'm a robot. Where do I go, like, when I die? Um, And his entire, like, story right now is sorting out, like, or at least, I guess, making the steps, setting up, like, the fail-safes, and ensuring that even if he can't go to the Shadowlands, he can kind of preserve himself in the way that the Shadowlands preserves souls. And it's been a really great way to, like, progress story, and it's what led me into joining United Aegis, uh, it's what, you know, led me into starting some community events, and, I mean, really, it just goes to show that, like, uh, having your character react to something strongly is just a a catapult into so many developments. Absolutely. And I think your character having a goal that they can't easily fulfill really encourages you to reach out to other people. Like, you know, my character, if I just go, my character is completely self-assured and has no real needs. She's just on the front of whatever battle. That's perfectly cromulent, but like, I'm not going to be going up to other people and asking them questions or making alliances with people that I wouldn't otherwise, right? Like, you know, my paladin could conceivably end up, like, hanging out with Void Elves, asking some questions about the Void, um, sort of trying to figure things out, trying to, like, puzzle out cosmic forces. When your story can't be completed on your own and you need other people, that's really great for roleplay because you're setting up a situation um, that inevitably required draws other people to you and you can go and you can go to zones like Gilneas, Mechagon, Najatar and sort of help each other right like figure out a step in your quest and and roll it out with other people and I think that's that's a ton of fun and that's something that doesn't require Shadowlands at all or uh the new patch or new lore. Yeah and you know it's not necessarily you know you're not shooting yourself in the foot if your character, you know, can can totally do it on their own. But, you know, as you said, if you're trying to draw people to you and trying to build a group of people who are willing to go with your grain, um, it's so great to leave holes in your character's ability and to be like, oh gosh, I cannot possibly pre-plan who's going to be able to, you know, fill this need. Uh, and then, you know, of course, as, as it happens, someone strolls along and all of a sudden they're deeply entrenched in what your character is doing. Yeah, and I think something else that's worth noting is when you need other people, I think a big problem or a big amateur mistake a lot of people make as they're getting into things is they think about themselves as the main character of their own story, which is completely legitimate and you should. But also ask yourself, what role can I play in other people's story? Yeah. Like if you're a mil if you're a military night warrior, like you could one hundred percent end up being a bodyguard for someone. And like 
you know, I walk into someone's tent and I see they got a night warrior elf standing behind them with a big sword, I'm not going to start any trouble. Uh, you know, you could be a courier. I think one of the coolest concepts I ever heard for a character, it still sticks with me, is someone played an elf who um, just traveled Azeroth lighting lanterns in caves and tunnels and the dwarven roots. Because, yeah, like, everyone needs, cause, everyone cause... needs light. And who keeps those lit, honestly? <laughs> yeah, so the idea is there's this little nomadic order of people who make sure the, the paths are lit, which is, like, so small. It's this tiny environmental asset on the walls of certain zones. And someone looked at that and went, that's my character. And that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I mean, truly, you can look at any tiny detail and just create an entire story from it. I don't think there's, like, a, a single zone in Azeroth that lacks a story that you can build either entirely from scratch or just partially. I mean, there's so much inspiration. Um, and that really is the great part about, I guess, like, the RP hubs like Orgrimmar and Stormwind is sometimes it's just fun to, like, sit back and watch people pass by and see all of the, you know, unique concepts that are coming by. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to maybe pull pieces of concept that you like from something that you've seen and incorporate it into your own character. I feel like uh, people might have a, a paranoia that the worst thing they can do is, you know, take inspiration from from someone else. They have this feel that they need to be entirely original. And if they're not entirely original, you know, they're not uh, as valid, say, as, you know, someone else. Um, but I really, I just don't feel that way. Definitely. I definitely think creativity is collaborative. And also, I don't think there's an original idea left. In right. The, in Warcraft. <laughs> like, you know, and players have been coming up with stuff. I think if something's fun and engaging, just do it. Like, if you want to be John Wick in Azeroth, hell yeah, <laughs> man. That's great. I want to see your take on that. Let's go. Yeah, like, have a dog around with you and everything. Just get to it. Um, and that's, it really is, there's so much creative blank canvas room uh, and it is always fun to see people maybe not necessarily you know rip a character in their entirety and put them into wow but maybe you know you can see things from other genres of storytelling that you're just like yeah i know what you i know what you're on about and i also think kind of bouncing off that a lot of people think that their character needs to emerge day one with like an entirely deep backstory figured out oh my gosh it's okay yeah. to start like a lot of stories require someone who is there as the bodyguard or you know the murder victim or the quest giver or the detective you know these simple archetypes and you can start those archetypes you could say i'm a gadget sand detective you know and then evolve from there you could be like i'm a gadget sand detective but i met these gnomes and they were tied up in this smuggling ring that actually brought me over to Kazan to, like, check out what the goblins are up to. And now I'm, like, working as a smuggler because the goblins bought me off. And, like, and your character evolves through that as opposed to emerging, like, fully formed from your forehead. As just, <laughs> right. like, you know, with this very elaborate life story. You can start with, like, I'm a bodyguard. And that's fine. That's a great place to start. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to to fill a canvas that is already chock full with everything. Um, so starting with a concept, there's there's nothing wrong with it. I think all of, you know, the characters that I still roleplay today, I mean, Kitsch very much started as, you know, those little robot guys in Olduvar are kind of cool. <laughs> and I mean, that was, that's his, his, that's what he started as. And it's become so much more. Um, and it's also okay to, you know, maybe you do try and actively, you know, flesh it out, but leaving room for people to come in and help you move the story in a different direction is truly the soul of, of collaboration. Absolutely, yeah. Once you once you realize just all the little like hooks and and zones and niches you can sort of squirrel into, I think like it's entirely plausible to just ignore an expansion if you don't like it. Like for sure, do the gameplay content if you want to have like nice gear or like if you want a, a pretty belt, go get that belt. <laughs> go get the belt. Like, like do whatever you like. Um, I'm just saying, like if you're like. Ah, I don't think Shadowlands or Battle for Azeroth really works for me. Cool, your character like could have been doing something else. You could have been in Gilneas trying to restore it. You could have been uh, hanging out trying to deplay Glorandoron, right? Like that stuff has to get done. Someone's got to do it. It could be you. Right, and you know here we are. We've come full circle <laughs> back to where we started. Look at that. 
Ah, I love it when that works. It's like poetry. It rhymes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think that we've we've covered the topic pretty well. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's truly a topic that can never be covered in its entirety. There is so much room for someone to come in and, you know, throw another yes and question into the equation. And I think a great place to start is check out Chronicles, you know, check out the books or even just like start a new character and like start in a zone you've never used before like i had a lot of fun just playing a night elf and just going through night elf all new zones and sort of just like i i knew the night elf lore but sort of like seeing it from a starting perspective and seeing Teldrassil and realizing like oh that's burned in the current day that like gave me some really cool perspective so i like, started an all read a book you know like and if you don't like it, take a break from the game, you know? Maybe your character's just being a farmer right now, and that's okay. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with letting your character have some off time, if, if you yourself need off time. Because uh, I think taking some time to think about, you know, what is my character doing right now is, is totally plausible. And I mean, I know that when I took a break, kind of during BFA, I really had to ask myself, like, what even is Kitsch doing right now? And it's always kind of fun to, to get back on the horse and kind of do a little bit of retrospect, but also let the people that you encounter kind of fill in the gaps for you. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's a, a great point, just the yes and aspect of it. Like, just, just roll with the world and, you know, find, find what works for you. Transmission concluded. If you would like to keep up with Cass Marshall on social media, their Twitter will be linked in the episode description. Once again, a huge thank you to Cass Marshall for coming on the show and talking with me today. If you would like to be on Live from Old War, uh, if you have a topic that is rattling around inside that brain of yours, uh, you can be on the show. Just join our Discord community linked in the description and get on our little waiting list. Uh, it is not getting any shorter. The The best time to join was uh, yesterday. So hop in at your earliest convenience and uh, we'll chat about what me and you can talk about. And of course, now that our episode is sufficiently one hour plus in length, let's move into our closing remarks. Those, of course, being the roleplay spot of the day and then, of course, the events for Pride going forward. This episode's roleplay spot comes to you from Coltiris from the BFA expansion. And that location is, of course, uninstanced Toll de Gore, uh, which is in Tiragard Sound at coordinates 9947. Now, this location is very interesting. Uh, Toll de Gore is a prison, very similar to Toll Barad, with its kind of uh, rusted metal look, very dingy, very gross. Uh, but the entire complex, I kid you not, is completely open to players if they just use a flight mount and uh, enter through the roof. They can use the entire facility, all the doors are open, uh, I believe even some of the cells can be opened and closed for either, you know, barracks roleplay, stronghold roleplay, you know, you can use the the ramparts with cannons for castle stuff, and of course, you know, what stands to be obvious, you can do prison roleplay in Toldegore, so it really has quite a wealth of uses. Um, And again, the entire facility is open to you, Uh, and it's great, you know, sometimes it rains there, it's always dark, so it's got a very specific vibe about it. Uh, So I hope you guys can get some use out of that location. Again, it is Toldegore, at coordinates 9947 in Tiragard Sound. That is directly east of Bridgeport, and uh, it's really difficult to miss. There is literally a lighthouse that <laughs> that indicates where the island is. So get some use out of it, let me know how it is, and if you're looking for more details about the location, uh, those will of course be posted in the Live from Old War Discord community. Wrapping up our episode today, I am going to talk about some of the Pride events that I was able to find. Uh, Granted, I am late to the game by the time this episode comes out. uh, I will have missed two Pride events already. There is a Pride photo booth that I missed, and also opening week for the Pride parade in Dalaran, and then in Shatrath. So I'm very disappointed that I missed those, but... I did some hard searching, and there are still a few Pride events that you can make if you also missed those. So let's hop right in. 
First up, we have a well-known recurring event on the Moonguard Alliance side, and that is the Rose Garden Tavern, which happens every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 to 9 o'clock p.m. server time, uh, and it happens at the Lakeshire Inn in Redridge. Uh, I've been quite a few times to Rose Garden before. Uh, it's an amazing group of dedicated individuals who I swear they never miss uh, uh, an event week. They're always open on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they have an ever-evolving menu of great stuff. They have uh, live performances, people who use the musician add-on for music and bard stuff. And it's really quite immersive and quite wonderful. Uh, not to mention a great place to go with your friends on the Alliance side if you just need a place to chill out and chat. And uh, how they're tying into Pride Month is they have a specialty Pride menu. Uh, I wasn't able to find it online, but uh, I'm guessing it's going to have a lot of fun, colorful puns, things relating to uh, the Pride Month as a whole, and I think you guys should go check it out. I know that I certainly will this coming Tuesday, so I can get in on that Pride menu. Moving on, we have another recurring event, uh, that is Club Crescent and their Summer Dreams opening. Uh, Club Crescent is a recurring event, granted, the it's not, like, weekly, like Rose Garden, but it does happen at least once every month, to my knowledge. Uh, and this time, it's happening June 18th at 5pm Wormrest Accord time. So, if you are on the Moonguard side, you will have to get an anchor by whispering one of their event coordinators are anchoring for that evening. It is a cross-faction event, as opposed to Rose Garden Tavern. Uh, it's happening in Agewin's Gallery in Legion Dalaran, uh, which of course is a similar location to the Cozy Corner bookstore that was mentioned earlier this episode, uh, granted in the larger chamber before you go into the smaller study. Uh, and they are tying into Pride by having a Pride dress code, which I think is super fun. They are encouraging their participants to wear the colors that represent their Pride identity. So, you know, for example, you know, if you're someone who identifies as gay, you would wear, you know, all colors of the rainbow. Uh, trans, you would wear, you know, white and, and blue and pink. And if you're, you know, bisexual, the, the purples and the pinks, you know, that's that, that's sort of a deal. So that's going to be super fun, super colorful. Try and make it out there. Again, that is Club Crescent Summer Dreams happening on June 18th at 5 p.m. Wormrest Accord time in Agewin's Gallery in Legion Dalaran. Last but certainly not least is Firefest, a Wormrest Accord cross-faction market event that is happening from June 24th to the 26th, and that is happening in Marat Uldum. Uh, they're tying into Pride Month by encouraging their vendors to show up with Pride merchandise. Uh, obviously, the specifics on that are a little hazy right now, but I am imagining things like Pride t-shirts and little merchandise flags and just stuff to get you in the festive Pride spirit. Uh, this event is particularly interesting because they are doing a fundraiser for Able Gamers. Uh, if you donate $10 to their cause, you get put inside of a raffle for some character art, which I think is uh, fantastic. And then I believe on June 26th, they are closing out their event with a fireworks show. So again, that is Firefest on Wormrest Accord, a cross-faction market event happening from June 24th to the 26th. That concludes the Pride events that I myself was able to find, but if you think that I missed one, uh, please join our Discord, let me know, and I will be sure to feature it uh, next Tuesday on our next episode. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe that I'm privy to every event happening in the World of Warcraft roleplay community, so I need my pals to let me know what I missed. Uh, and today's episode, that's pretty much it. It was a long one. I think we're coming in right now at almost an hour and 10 minutes, something like that, which is um, like 45 minutes about longer than episode one. So if you're listening to this, congratulations, <laughs> you made it, you did it. Um, and, and, and now you, you have to wait until next week, where uh, inevitably we'll be here again talking about some great and interesting roleplay topics. I can tell you right now that I will be doing my event review on the Dalaran Opera House event that Kitsch went to on Saturday, this most recent Saturday. Uh, and it was a great time, so you'll hear about that next week. And we're going to have another great guest on the show talking about a topic that they find interesting. I have a few people lined up, and I'm very excited to have them on. This, of course, has been your mechanized host, Kitch Goldwatt. Thank you so much for joining me. A happy Pride Month to you, and we will see you next week.